Welcome to It Just So Happened. So this is indeed a world premiere. It's going to be recorded for podcast, so we're going to try and clunkily pass the same mic along. So before I introduce the panellists, just to say we are in Leicester. Very privileged to be here for our first show. So I did find out that the, the city motto is Semper Eadem, which means always the same. Uh, <laughs> which implies to me, it, does that mean it's a bit boring here? <laughs> Uh, but now we're very privileged as well to be part of the Leicester Comedy Festival, now in its 26th year, in over 70 venues. But this is a very special venue, Wigston's House. Uh, this is Leicester's oldest standing house, and so hopefully it won't be falling down. During the show, it might then be Leicester's oldest fallen down house. Uh, but it was a medieval wool merchant's residence, apparently, and it gets its name because it was owned by Roger Wigston, who served as mayor of Leicester three times. And there's something ironic, I think, about someone who tra traded in sheep products being so successful as a mayor. <laughs> so, good, you're laughing, that's excellent. Uh, so this is a show in two parts. And in part one, we're going to explore some of the historical people and events around what happened on this very day, right, special to this show, 10th of February, uh, things that happened in history. Uh, so that's what the panellists have, have been invited to do, is to explore some of those historical events and people. And in part two, because we're in Leicester, we're going to explore some alternative histories of the history of Leicester. So, without further ado, please welcome the guests as they take their seats. I've told them which seats they're going to be in, so please come along. Yes, but first of all, we have Kevin Hudson. <laughs> Secondly, we have Adam Fisher, still sorting out his notes. Thirdly, we have Jack Topher. And fourthly, we have Ben Ennis. I don't know what's sitting. You're sitting here. I told you only two minutes ago. You got you did? The memory of a fish. <laughs> how, how much have you been drinking today, Jack? Uh, one and a quarter of a pint. So yes, uh, I suggest you lay off. The well, I'm away. <laughs> um, so this is our handsome panel. So we're starting actually with Kevin. You drew the first lot. Yeah, short story. You're photographing the show, I do. Uh, I'm inseparable <laughs> with the camera. I don't, oh, you're taking <laughs> selfies? I, uh, no, anyway, no, okay. Um, no, 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 this, this is for history. On this day, uh, on this day in 2019, this happened. Uh, so okay. In 100 years' time. Right. Okay, Adam, we're going to come to you in a minute. So, guest number one is Kevin Hudson. So, Kevin, you have described yourself to me as a poet, a comedian, and an accountant. Is that the right order? I was, yeah. I was described by the, uh, the Lister Mercury as uh, Lester's favourite poet, comedian, accountant. Uh, this, this is mainly because they copied and pasted what was on the website that I'd written. Um, so, but from now on, on all my posters, I'm going to have Lester's favourite poet, comedian, accountant, Lester Mercury. So, you know. Hey guys. There we go. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, thank you on the podcast. They can't see that. <laughs> have you seen this man? <laughs> so, oh, also, Kevin, you tell me that you perform stand-up comedy uh, and poetry. You've been doing that for almost three years. That you grew up in Birmingham. Yeah. And you have an O-level in history, so you are qualified for this show. But as you point out, there was less of it then. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kevin, the topic you've chosen, do you want to introduce that, or do you want me to tell the audience what yeah, it is I first? Can, I can do it, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. So now Kevin's going to do a little bit of stand-up on something that happened on 10th of February, back in history. Thank okay. you. Thank 
and Kevin Hudson. I'd say stand-up, it's more it's a history lesson, really, isn't it, more than, uh, than stand-up. Uh, 10th February 1940 was a Monday. I've got more than that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was the day that Queen Victoria and Prince Albert were married uh, at the Chapel Royal in St James's Palace at one o'clock in the afternoon. All true so far. Uh, as her father was dead, obviously, that's how she became queen, um, Victoria was walked up the aisle by her favourite uncle, uh, the Russian prince, Vladimir Romanov, uh, who had travelled in from the Russian steppes. And it's because of this that anyone who stands in place of a father today is known as a stepfather. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Victoria and Albert's wedding cake weighed 300 pounds. It was three yards in circumference and has actually survived to this very day. Mainly because they can't find a cake knife big enough. <laughs> Although you'd have thought they'd have used one of those knighting swords in the palace. They've had one of those knighting swords. You know, you can have, uh, I dubbed these Sir Knight. Now would you like a piece of cake? <laughs> Works fine, doesn't it? Um, a slice of this cake recently sold at auction, and I'm saying recently, it's a couple of years ago, um, for £1,500. £1,500 for a slice of cake. And you thought patisserie Valerie was expensive. <laughs> uh, the wedding cake was five feet two inches tall, which is actually two inches taller than Victoria. <laughs> Although, to be fair, she did later develop a greater circumference. Oh, she did. Have you seen the pictures? Uh, Queen Victoria's diaries have recently been published, and in them she writes of her happiness at spending the wedding night with her Prince Albert. <laughs> And how also how she gasped in astonishment when she saw his Prince Albert. <laughs> I researched this. Not really. Yes, I did. And the, uh, the BBC website came up with this. And see if you can spot the error. Okay? It's headed up. It's a question and answer thing. Did Queen Victoria really only have a two-day honeymoon? And the answer was yes. And here's how they elaborated. The pair headed off to Windsor on the afternoon of the wedding, which, remember, was a Monday. Okay? where they remained until Friday before returning to Buckingham Palace on Friday the 14th of February. <laughs> That's not two days. <laughs> Can you imagine going into work and saying to your boss, oh, I'd like two days off next week. He says, oh, what days would you like? He says, well, I'll be off from Monday to Friday. <laughs> See how well that goes down. The benefits of queendom. You can actually sort of shrink time, can't you? Almost exactly 40 weeks after their wedding night, Queen Victoria gave birth to her first child. When she popped, she couldn't stop. And uh, she went on to produce 23 children. I won't list all the names for you, but suffice to say there was only one girl who was bizarrely named Ivanka, um, after her, something to do with her Russian stepfather, uh, and 22 boys, two of whom were named Edward. Uh, they named their third child Edward, but by the time the 22nd was born, They've forgotten about the first Edward, and they named him Edward as well. So, what do you do with 22 boys? Well, the correct answer there, of course, to that is nothing, Your Grace. But to give the boys something to do, Queen Victoria invented football in 1867 uh, and formed the first two teams. Obviously, Queen's Park Rangers <laughs> and Crystal Palace. Uh, but what about their daughter, Ivanka? Well, she became the first ever football referee. And even today, you can hear this commemorated at football grounds throughout the land 
when the, when the fans <laughs> the referees Ivanka. <laughs> oh, very good, yes. Oh, yeah, this is a clap. <laughs> Albert, of course, was German, so he taught the boys how to take penalties. <laughs> of course, the thing that Prince Albert is most famous for is the fact he introduced German, he introduced German Christmas traditions. So the, the advent calendar, putting up a tree and filling city centres with German markets full of lager and schnitzels. <laughs> Christmas 1858, which is just before seven o'clock in the evening. <laughs> Victoria, Albert and a selection of children were playing charades. Victoria uh, was attempting put to portray Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And she's becoming more and more irritated because no one could guess. They'd guessed caribou, elk, Springbok, but their final guest just led to an exasperated Victoria stomping out of the room shouting, We are not a moose. Puns. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Victoria's height didn't affect her ability to rule, although her greatest regret was that she wasn't tall enough for the nemesis ride at Alton Towers <laughs> and had to wait while Albert and the kids went on. Uh, sometime later, she also founded the Premier League. Uh, which is why the symbol of the Premier League, even today, still has a crown on a lion's head. Uh, the crown representing Queen Victoria, and the lion, because I'm obviously lying about the whole football thing. <laughs> <laughs> Queen Victoria died in 1901, uh, but her name lives on both in cake and plum form, uh, and also in the names of places around the world, including Leicester. So in Leicester you've got Victoria Park, got Queen's Road, and probably most famously, Vicky's Jippy. <laughs> Thank you, that's all from me. Thank you, Kevin. That was wonderful. Wonderful writing. It's a shame. Uh, some of that can be reused, hopefully. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah we'll talk about Victoria. Yeah. I did a bit of research as well, not just wanting these guys to do the hard work. So I do know that on this day in 1355, there was the St. Scholastica Day riots uh, breaking out in Oxford. And this riot left 63 scholars and 30 locals dead over two days. And that was before the days of cheap flights to Prague and Riga. Good. Well, I won't be using that one again. Uh, <laughs> Our second guest today is Adam Fisher, who I met all of five minutes ago. <laughs> Pleased to meet you, Adam. So... What I got in terms of description from yourself, as well as this lovely photo, it's quite long-winded, so I don't know if I'm <laughs> going to get you to then speak. But you say you couldn't stand history at school, so I don't know what you're doing in a show like this, and you actually gave it up after year nine. So do you want to elaborate on that at all? Yeah. I consigned it to history. Oh! oh. <laughs> okay, man, a few words. Uh, <laughs> you also said something about liking public transport. Do you want to say anything about that? Uh, for those of you who see me before, I normally talk about public transport. Yeah, um, and yeah uh, I've held four Guinness World Records for the fastest time to visit every station on the New York subway, Paris Metro, Madrid Metro, and Berlin U-Bahn. So, I'm almost as boring as my old history teacher, Mr. Allen. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry to put you on the spot then, if you want to have to do that later. Good. Do you want to introduce your own topic? As I did with Kevin, I'll basically just hand the mic over and round of applause, please, for Adam Fisher. Thank you. Thank you. My topic is the 10-year challenge. 
<laughs> challenge. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know why I signed up for this, as history was one of my worst subjects at school. Uh, one of my worst subjects. Uh, that isn't saying anything, really. Um, if you want to find out more about my relationship with school, come and see my solo show. Um, and if you're a teacher, you'll be offended. Um, <laughs> with that in mind, I am useless at ancient, modern, and prehistoric history, so I thought I should look at incredibly recent history. Uh, it's the latest, uh, uh, the latest craze going around Facebook called the 10-year challenge. So who has done this? Anyone? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Do you really think anyone cares what you looked like 10 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> it's better than he is now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, but, yeah, so, uh, so, so for those of you who are unfam unfamiliar with this and who, uh, who aren't on social media, for that I applaud you if you aren't, um, uh, so, so, uh, pe people upload uh, photos of themselves from 10 years ago and now, and, um, and, they're, calling it a, and they're calling it a challenge. Uh, there's, nothing, there's nothing challenging about it. Uh, <laughs> no, nothing mentally or physically challenging. Um, spending over 22 hours uh, on, the, on the New York subway, that is a bloody challenge. <laughs> okay? Digging out a photo from 10 years ago and putting, uh, putting it alongside a photo of you now, that's just a comparison. So we're going to call it a 10-year comparison. Yeah, okay? So, uh, so, so, so I, I've decided to look, at, uh, to, to look back over the last 10 years. So, uh, what, uh, so um, what was happening on this day in 2009? Um, according to the arguably greatest single source of information in the world, which is Wikipedia, uh, which is still not considered a reliable source by the people who argue with you on social media, this is why you should... You, should, you shouldn't go on social media. Um, 50,000 people protested against living costs in Guadeloupe and Martinique. An EF4 tornado killed eight and injured 50 in Oklahoma. And Bentley in the UK cut 220 jobs and all salaries by 10%. So I can't do anything comedic with that. <laughs> However, the UK did impose new visiting requirements on nationals from Bolivia, Lesotho, um, Swaziland, Venezuela, and South Africa, meaning that people from those countries would, and still do, need a paid-for visa and to be fingerprinted before travelling to the UK. The UK attempted to stamp its authority and sanctions on five countries. Now it's attempting to do the same with 20, no, 28 countries. Uh, <laughs> Everyone would, of course, want to say that, it, that, uh, that this was the Tories' idea and it was all their fault, but I'm afraid Labour were in government then, so I'm not sure why it happened. Uh, Phil Woolis was the immigration minister at the time and said, the government said that we would get tough on immigration and we meant it. Um, maybe that led to Brexit. Um, in, in 2019, the immigration minister is Caroline Noakes, who is uh, presiding over the Windrush scandal. Although a lot of people outraged about the Windrush scandal actually have second homes in the Caribbean anyway. <laughs> so it evens out. And they're hypocrites. Uh, on, this, on this day in 2010, I'm sure something happened, but uh, I don't seem to have that written down. So uh, no, I do apologise. On this day in 2011, Labour MP Eric Ilsley is jailed for 12 months for dishonestly claiming parliamentary expenses. The, se the sentence comes on the same day that Jim Devine, 
Or is it divine? I don't know. Uh, another former Labour MP is convicted of dishonestly claiming £8,385 of expenses by using false invoices for cleaning and printing work. Printing work? I, I, I just wonder whether that was something to do with the 2010 election. I can't really find anything funny to say about that, so I'm just hoping that you'll just find it funny. Uh, I don't know. Um, on this day in 2012, it was alleged that there was an, in an internal plot amongst cardinals in the Vatican to kill Pope Benedict. Maybe they were trying to stop his revelations about the awful sexual abuse in the Catholic Church. But strangely enough, on this day plus one, uh, I've taken liberty, Richard, uh, I do apologise. <laughs> on, so on the 11th of February, 366 days later, uh, no, 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 367 days later, because 2012 was a, uh, was a leap year, um, <laughs> um, Pope Benedict suddenly announced his resignation. This is actually true. So there was definitely something fishy there. Um, on this day in 2014, North Korea withdrew an invitation to a United States envoy to discuss the release of Kenneth Bay, who had been imprisoned on suspicion of trying to overthrow the North Korean government. How could you? How could one person overthrow the North Korean government? I don't know. It's it's the most secret. It's the most secretive and bloodlusty country in the world. Sure, surely. Uh, well, well, there goes any chance of me riding the Pyongyang metro. Um, so, uh, so Dennis Rodman went in instead and uh, personally asked Kim Jong Un, my man. Uh, for Kenneth Bay to be released. And Bay himself said that Rodman played a part in his release. Just imagine, you know, President Trump with his kofifi? How do you say that word? I've only ever seen it online. How, how do you say that? You, that was it. Kofifi. Kofifi? Whatever. Okay. Um, and uh, other nonsense. Or President Dennis Rodman with his uh, I'll be the judge of my own manliness. And chemistry is a class you take in high school or college where you figure out two plus two is ten, or something. Uh, those are quotes actually attributed to, um, uh, to Dennis Rodman. Uh, uh, all of a sudden, President Trump doesn't seem so bad. Um, on this day in 2015, Jon Stewart announced his departure from The Daily Show, and all comedians thought that they'd have nothing to copy from then on. Uh, on this day, 2016, Chris Christie suspended his campaign for Republican nomination for the US presidency. Trump paid him off, obviously. Damn you, Chris, you are responsible for President Trump. Uh, and, I mean, I know you're still a Republican, but you would have been better than him, surely. Anyone. On this day in 2017 was the premiere of the Lego Batman movie. That's it. <laughs> uh, 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 that's all I have to say about that. And, uh, yeah, on this day in 2018, North and South Korea actually talked, although not for the first time. And on this day in 2019, this happened... Uh, who knows what will happen, there are still uh, five hours and seven minutes of the day to go. Mm, that's it. I don't I'm sorry guys, I think he's covered every year in history, um, so there's not a lot left. Can you just do your Kim Jong-un reaction? Are you just having a drink now? Can you do that thing again? The Kim Jong-un thing? Oh, right now, I was speaking as Dennis Rodman, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so Dennis Rodman would have, would have said, yeah. Kim Jong-un, mummy! <laughs> uh, uh, that was slightly inspired more by Jason Momoa than, uh, than Dennis Rodman, but Dennis Rodman would have said that, I'm sure. Thank you. That was my highlight, I have to say. Thank you very much. Again, to fill in a little bit of on this day, uh, in 1967, 
the 25th Amendment to the United States Constitution was ratified. Now, I think some of you may be familiar with what the 25th Amendment is because that deals with procedures for if the president dies, resigns, or is removed from office. <sighs> if only. Uh, so we now moved on to our third guest. So, Jack, this is uh, the picture that you kindly sent me. No, so that's the 25th Amendment, and that's, that's, that's yourself there. So, I prefer uh, that. You haven't even changed your top, have you? No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I did wonder what the smell was. Yes. I think about all that you managed to tell me was that you were born and raised in Leicester, and uh, that they, did you give me the comedy ladder quote? So yeah, they, it would have been at the bottom of my email. I didn't mean, yeah. I didn't realise you could. No, no, yeah, I used this information, you see. Yeah. So they described you as a lesson in hilariously studied comic timing. Well, we'll, we'll find what, out. Uh, while his delivery may feel glacial, <laughs> and we only have an hour show, the jokes are absolutely on fire, brilliantly observed. What is more, his crowd work is always on point, and his ad-libs are the product of a naturally <laughs> funny mind. Jack is a gifted performer who is just going to get better and better. What is the comedy ladder? Who said that? I've never heard of them before. <laughs> anyway, um, are you going to introduce your own topic? I'm, I'm oh, very yeah, impressed yeah. with your extensive notes as well. Yeah. Which, um, I look forward to this. And me. Yeah. Jack Topher. <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't realise. That's just on the bottom of all of my emails when I apply for gigs. <laughs> didn't realise I was going to get read out in front of an audience. It sounds really stupid now, doesn't it? <laughs> Jack is a lesson... In hilariously studied comic timing. I'm not, it's just it's a lie. All of it's, I just wanted the gig. Yeah. And I'm here, so it worked, didn't it? Yeah, it worked. Yeah. I'm, I'm, my, my subject is the, uh, the IBM supercomputer uh, Deep Blue. We all know it, obviously. Um, <laughs> defeated Gary Kasparov for the first time on this day in 1996. See, everyone's buzzing, everyone's excited. <laughs> um, does anyone remember it? Yeah? You'll probably know more about it than I do then. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I remember it vividly actually. It was, a, it was great. 96 was a good year, wasn't it? 96, do you reckon? Good. Don't ask me anymore. It was good. Alright, well. <laughs> what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to kill time and you've ruined yeah. it. It says his crowd work is what? His, his crowd work is always on point. And his, <laughs> his ad libs are the product of a naturally funny mind. So. You know what? Yeah. As I said, that's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just wanted the gig. Don't even do comedy. You got the gig. I just did. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. I, I, was, um, I was three in 1996. So uh, that's. Uh, what a year. What a year. I know I look older, I don't, because. It's talking about the 10-year challenge. I only took that photo about four years ago. <laughs> four weeks ago, sorry. And I've realised I look older and fatter in real person. But if you look up like that on a photo, just a tip if you're ever taking a selfie for a, uh, for a history gig. <laughs> at Wigston's house. See, what I'm not doing here is talking about what I've meant to talk about. That's what I'm not doing. Um, Can I show them your notes? If you want to, yeah. Can you see that? <laughs> well, on, on, on the email I got the email and it said right what it said um, was talk about something in history if you want to make stuff up you can make stuff up so yeah, I thought yeah. oh great I'll be at the front on my own yeah. and I'll just talk to the crowd about yeah. 
stupid stuff for five minutes. Yeah. And, and then I, and then it turns out we're on the panel and I look like yeah. I should be quite serious. Yeah. But I do know that your ad libs are the products of a natural money mind. So. <laughs> so, the, so, yeah. so it's not an issue, is it? Oh, I missed out the quote that said, real, real good at time wasting. Is <laughs> <laughs> that the, the glacial delivery? Do you know what? I don't, even, I don't even know what glacial means. <laughs> Genuinely, what does glacial mean? Pretty slow. Slow. Yeah. Is that because of icebergs? Yeah, like, nothing. There's, there's a rest Anyway, chess. Yeah. Chess. Anyone know anything about Gary Kasparov? I, I read a joke. I've Googled it and I read a joke that was funnier than anything I'd write. So I read it. I don't know who wrote it. It said, I went for dinner with Gary Kasparov on a chequered table and I can't remember much of the meal but he took ages to pass me the salt <laughs> <laughs> which is a great joke that I didn't write so yeah. whoever did so I, I thought well, the only thoughts I had on it the only musings was if you're going to build a computer to win at a sport like maybe tennis rather than oh it's not funny apparently <laughs> in my head that like, a, compu- oh. a computer beating Roger Federer at tennis <laughs> would have been funnier than a computer beating Gary Kasparov (laughs) is chess a sport I want to talk somebody talk to me please (laughs) you're looking at me like I'm not I've got a degree from the University of Northampton and it's not worth the paper it's printed on no no, I was was putting myself down not bigging myself up it's not worth anything it cost me loads of money and it's not as you can see not worth much. Um, I didn't do history either. Can you tell? <laughs> and if I did do history, we wouldn't, go, we wouldn't cover Gary Kasparov, would we? It's not a prominent thing. And you've wrote about Tom and Jerry next. I should have. I've yeah. seen Tom and Jerry. I should have wrote yeah. about that. Yeah. Has it been five minutes yet? Are we? Uh... Yeah. Come on, pass it back. No, I wanted. I need to say something funny first. <laughs> Has anyone got any questions about Gary Kasparov? <laughs> Anything? I'll make up the answer, but it, it might be funny. Go on. Feel free. Um, that wasn't a question. Who did he win in the end? Who won in the end? Uh, he won. He he won, according to Wikipedia, which we found out earlier might not be true. Who did he win? The, it was a computer. Deep Blue, it was called, which is one of my three notes. Got the answer right. I'm shocked. Cheers for listening. Um, and if if you see this podcast come out. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe don't listen to it, <laughs> or skip my bit. So I'd, you said I could be stupid. I thought that was yeah, what it was, and it's fine. Don't worry. I feel, like I've, I feel like I've let you down. No, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> Might ring my mum or something. <laughs> Jack Topher, everybody. Thank you. Here's one. We're all learning lessons as we go along. So yes, on this day in 1940, the cartoon Tom and Jerry was created by William Hanna and Joseph Barbera and was debuted on this day in 1940 with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Now, Wikipedia uh, says that in the original run between 1940 and 1958, there were 114 Tom and Jerry shorts made for MGM. Now, I saw a lot of those cartoons as a kid and I don't remember either character wearing any shorts. Excellent. Yeah, it's, it's tough, isn't it? It's tough up here. So our fourth act, Ben, has kindly stepped in at, at the last minute. I didn't get a photo and I didn't get kind of advanced things. 
But I had to Google you, basically. So what I found out was that you were Leicester City's first Philbert the Fox mascot between the years 2000 and 2003. That's worth a isn't it? Yes. Uh, your chortle review, admittedly from a few years ago, said that you were amiable, unprepossessing persona, and frizzy-haired. <laughs> yep, so he's not had the haircut since. And uh, if you do have any trouble spelling your surname, Mr Ennis, a bit like Pulsford, I always have to say, it's P-U-L-S-F-O-R-D, uh, I imagine you saying something like, well, it's tennis without the T, yeah. which is a bit like tennis or Wimbledon without the strawberries and cream, but not quite so bad. Yeah. But uh, that is my introduction, and this is my photo of you because you didn't send me one. That's Tom and Jerry. <laughs> this one. That was Tom and Jerry. And now it's tennis. Uh, so over to Mr. Ben Ennis. Thank you very much. Which one was it? Never Sorry. quite had an introduction like that before. No. I admit. Um, although someone did once introduce me as a Tubby Mozart, which uh, <laughs> is quite in keeping with the theme of the show. Um, and it is uh, Ennis T. Tennis. Without the T, that's it, yes. as opposed to menace without the M. Um, <laughs> so, and it, oh, by the way, actually, um, it does sound a little bit like a South African saying the word bananas if you say it fast enough. Benenis. <laughs> um, so I was the um, I wasn't going to talk about this, but can I talk about Phil? But the fox actually, because yeah, you didn't bring it up. I, so, I did bring it up. And it's part of enough, yeah. history, you know, mm. since we we won the league. Which uh, well, here we go. Yeah, uh, hey! <laughs> if Gary Lineker can talk about it on a panel show every Saturday night, why can't yeah. well, <laughs> just casually drop it in there that, that Leicester actually won the league? Uh, so, um, but yeah, unfortunately I wasn't there at the time. Although I did have 100% unbeaten record as Philbert. Um, I wasn't the first Philbert. Uh, there were Philberts, well, there was only one Philbert. I don't want to... It's like when you say Santa's not real and people cry, do you know what I mean? Philbert's obviously a real fox. Um, but, uh, there, was, there was three rules, actually, uh, in the contract. This is true. Um, the first rule was, was that Philbert is a, a mute, so all the uh, communication had to be non-verbal. Uh, the second rule was Philbert must on no account make any obscene gestures with his tail. <laughs> <laughs> and rule number three was Philbert the fox has no opinion whatsoever, either way, on fox hunting. Um, <laughs> it's quite difficult to express an opinion on fox hunting when you can't talk. Isn't it, really? um, maybe just get a big horse and run after one. So anyway... Um, <laughs> Anyway, so I agreed to do this show. <laughs> uh, Richard said last minute, he said, can you talk for five minutes on a given historical topic? And I said, yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll try and do a bit of research. He said, yeah, if you can talk for five minutes about William Röntgen, the inventor of x-rays. So thanks. <laughs> uh, thanks, Richard. Um, at last minute. So I've, I've written a bit of material. Some of it's true. Some of it you might guess the bits that aren't. Anyway, um, so, but he, he died on this day, um, I don't know when, uh, I've not had time to really 1923. 1923? Yeah. Really? Wow, okay. Yeah. So, um, thanks. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so it was on this day, um, 106 years ago. No, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> so, it's near enough. Uh, but when he, when he discovered x-rays, it was a real light bulb moment. Um, up until Edison invented the light bulb, it was, would have been known as a real gas lamp moment. <laughs> um, and 
he, uh, he was a genius. He had a photographic memory, although it did take a little while to develop. Hey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so he, um, he discovered x-rays by accident when taking a selfie in a mirror. Um, and uh, I think that's when he first saw the bare bones of what he'd discovered uh, <laughs> on reflection. Apparently he said to his wife, does my liver look big in this? Um, so he... <laughs> He was this is true, he was tutored by the eminent professor August Kunt. And it, I know what you're thinking, he was probably bullied uh, at school with that, with the name August. Um, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Kunt, what were you thinking of? Um, so it's with a K, it's fine. Uh, so they, um, they actually called him August after July. Um, uh, and, he, and his three sisters, April, May, and June. Uh, and it was June Junior. Sounds like a David Bowie song, actually, isn't it? But anyway, um, people often <laughs> pick X-rays as a when they're given. Have you ever been given like a chosen superpower? Not suggesting anyone here has got a chosen superpower that they can actually deploy. Um, <laughs> but uh, often people say, "Oh, I'd like to be able to have X-ray vision," you know, because they could look at people naked. That's what we're all doing to you now, by the way, um, just to get through this gig. Um, wouldn't work, you'd just see bones. So um, I just thought I'd point out the flaw in that. So, um, uh, so uh, what we've got here, um, uh, I actually did, this is true, I had a bit of a problem with my lungs a few years ago, so I went to the doctor, and the doctor asked me to breathe in deeply. Breathe in, we all had this done, breathe in, round the back, breathe in. Uh, he then asked how I was feeling, lightheaded, um, and he sent me for an x-ray, uh, and they always tell you it's safe, don't they, when you go for an x-ray, and then they dive into some kind of reinforced concrete bunker, <laughs> whilst they pass radiation through your body to look for certain things that it might actually cause. Which is, uh, so you've got to have a lot of trust in your, your radiographer. Um, it's... Um, no, never lie to them, they'll see straight through you. Um, oh, come on, I deserve more. <laughs> you have to do this a couple of days ago. Right, and, um, uh, but if you ever go out with one, uh, just be careful because they'll be able to see other people behind your back. Um, so, um, so, made the best of a bad job, I think, but um, hopefully. Um, that's it, really. Um, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ben Ellis. <laughs> and that is a picture of him. <laughs> actually, this is the whole picture of him. So, um, yeah, so I actually did a little bit of research in, into Mr. Röntgen. He didn't actually know what to call his new discovery. So he came up with X-ray uh, because that was the name of his ex. It was called Ray. Good. Uh, it, it, it's tough, Jack, isn't it? It's tough up here. Uh, <laughs> X-rays have inspired much of popular culture down the years, like Superman. Uh, strangely, my kids are not impressed with any attempts at parental supervision. <laughs> it's groans all the way. Excellent. This is, yes, an alternative history show. So we're moving on to part two now. I've only got the one mic, so I suggest, panellists, uh, that if you want to speak... You just speak to the room, but quite loudly, and I'll keep hold of the mic. I think it's going to be 
perhaps the easiest thing. Uh, but we're going to now talk about history generally, about the city that we're in. Who's from Leicester? Just give us a shout. Yeah. I said give us a shout and you suck at your hands, so that's interesting. Do you talk through your hands? So, yeah, so we've probably got a lot of knowledgeable people in the audience, and we'll do our best to supplement your knowledge if we can. I, I looked round the um, Richard III Centre yesterday just to try and get a bit of background to Richard III. Apparently Leicester has been quite good at backing the losing side over the years. Uh, first Henry VI, then Edward IV, and then Richard III, each in turn lost. But that's obviously been made up for by Philbert the Fox and your football team, Ben. So congratulations, Leicester, again. Let's get that out of the way, finally. It did occur to me, though, thinking about the War of the Roses, uh, it, does, in a, it has this kind of romantic air to it, doesn't it? And it's just as well that it wasn't something else like the War of the Peonies or the War of the Sweet Peas, because it just wouldn't have had the same ring to it, would it? But anyway, this isn't just me talking. If you feel like you want to shout out about the topic I'm discussing at any point, please just... I, I know you're glacial in your delivery, so we'll give you a, yeah, take me a, a while. chance. Um, <laughs> also, I did, I did think about Richard III. There's this famous quote from Shakespeare, isn't it, that uh, he was about to die and he was saying, a horse, a horse, a kingdom, my kingdom for a horse. And if that was to be nowadays, no doubt we'd be kind of bemoaning uh, an Uber, an Uber, my kingdom for an Uber. <laughs> If only. Should I prompt you anything? It's probably, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Go on, take the mic. Take yeah, I was just yeah. just thinking if he if he did call for an Uber, he'd probably be peak rate charging, wouldn't it? You know. <laughs> oh, you're on mid 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 battle rate now, mate. You know. <laughs> it's it's triple rate. If you wait for a bit for the battle to die down, I can probably do you a deal. <laughs> and this uh, the idea of the war of the penis. Hmm. Was, that, was that just to see who'd got the biggest pianist? Uh, exactly. It was, it was a joke on pianists, but it didn't really... I thought I'd just point it out. You're pointing out your pianist. Just, just to help him, yes. yeah. yeah. He, he, yes, yes, I've been arrested. We know where that. it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also, because he was buried under a car park, wasn't he? It was the council car park, which is probably the longest <laughs> length of time that anyone's had to stay in an underground car park. <laughs> So, uh, yes, I, I like public transport, and, uh, and when, uh, uh, when, uh, when all the Richard III stuff was going off, um, uh, I, was, uh, no, I was compiling an entry for Bus Pass Britain Rides Again, Volume 2, the book, um, in which, in which uh, people, um, mainly pensioners, it has to be admitted, um, uh, write about bus journeys in the UK. And I submitted the 153, uh, which runs from Leicester to Market Bosworth, um, along Hinkley Road, if anyone, uh, if anyone knows of that service. And, uh, and uh, I said, um, had this bus existed in 1485, uh, His Majesty King Richard III would have had a much more pleasant, uh, comfortable and safer and faster journey to his death. Um, and, and I, no, I submitted this for consideration uh, in the book, and they, and they never replied. But I did write something about, uh, something about my experience with, with the whole Richard III um, shenanigans, uh, which, if I may, I would like to share with you. Um, as we've already uh, discovered, I hated history and dropped it as soon as I could at school after year nine. Um, I consigned it to history. But if only I had known what would happen in 2012, nine glorious years after I left. <laughs> 
His Majesty King Richard III would be discovered just metres away from here. Yes, here. I could have continued to study history. I could have been interested in Richard III. I would have been interested in Richard III as I'm interested in anything to do with Leicester and Leicestershire. And I jump on the Leicester and Leicestershire bandwagon uh, whenever I can, like when, when I ended up on Soccer AM and Catalonian TV um, when Leicester won the league. And I'd only ever been to two matches in my life. I'm sorry, Ben. Um, <coughs> I'm not a proper fan. Uh, you, you can hit me afterwards. Um, or, or, or pour beer on me. Uh, th that's, what you, that's what you real football fans do, after all, isn't it? Um, I, I could have become a Richard III expert, a Ricardian, a Plantagenet plant. Um, I, I could have landed a public finance leeching research job at the University of Leicester, and when His Majesty was discovered, I would have been the go-to person for the media on every news and radio station. That would have been great, as I crave fame. Instead, wanting that fame and millennial relevance, for two years between the discovery uh, of His Majesty and the reburial of His, of His Majesty, I had to stand in the middle of Peacock Lane yelling, I used to go to school here, interview me, to anyone who looked like a journalist. Because, the, because what is now the Richard III Centre was one of the buildings of Leicester Grammar School. Uh, I don't look back on that place with any fondness at all. Um, come to my show, you'll find out why. Um, and uh, yeah, but only one success came out of that. I, I just ended up on Radio Leicester, as everyone on this panel and in this room has, no doubt. So yeah, my lusting for fame, uh, combined with Richard III, just didn't work. So yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. <laughs> So also in the centre, they explained that they found Richard III, confirmed through DNA, they, and they had, they had the skeleton. It was pretty miraculous that, that it all survived. But the one part of his body that didn't survive was his feet. So he was actually without his feet. Yeah. And it was then that I realised that Michael Jackson had written that tribute song to Richard III. I didn't realise that up until that point. And you know the song I mean. Beat it. Beat it. Yeah. Beat it, beat it, no one wants to be defeated. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah he's, um, he turned up his toes at Bosworth, uh, but his, uh, his toes have never turned up. I've got a friend who's got a, a false leg, he said, he said the, uh, the leg's false but the foot's real. I don't know why I said that, it's just, it just amused me. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> got a couple of uh, observations actually yeah. about this. By the way, when they um, did you see the grave after they uh, you've, you've seen uh, the hole in the ground and there was like a kind of marquee mm -hmm. over it uh, before the Richard III Centre opened. Um, I was thinking it'd be a good opportunity to have a kind of party in there and they could call the event. Now is the uh, winter of our disco tent. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting nearly four years to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. It's nice to give something back. It, it yeah. is. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> the, and I was looking up to meet Philippa Langley. Has anyone met Philippa? Yeah. Did a couple of, couple of nods. She's the woman that pioneered the search for Richard III. And um, very striking woman, very strong woman, gets things done. Um, she does remind me a lot of Joanna Lumley. Can, can you see that? Yeah, sort of physically. You just, no, no. This is, for, for the purposes of this material, 
Amazing likeness. Yeah. Incredible, yeah. incredible yeah. likeness. But very striking woman. And um, um, yeah, Joanna Lumley, um, she's obviously famous for being a, an actress and everything, but she, her father was a Gherky. You're aware about this piece of one of these quirks in history. Yeah. And um, the Gherkas are, um, you know, kind of regarded as one of the most fearless fighting units. Um, in the world, really, um, and uh, they had some dispute, and um, they chose, um, they turned to Joanna Lumley to defeat the British government. So um, I think that says quite a lot about her, really, that the Gurkhas needed her to, um, to fight for their cause. Um, I just thought I'd throw that in there, because um, um, also there was a kind of myth, I don't know if anyone, were you taught this at school, that Adam, that he was thrown in the canal or the river? Yeah. Um, I was going to mention this. Yeah. I, I might have been, but I wasn't this, listening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. neither was Philippa, because she didn't bother looking there, did she? <laughs> <laughs> so, so she thought, I'll just dig up a car park, he's bound to be under it. The, the guy that was talking to people about the grave at the grave site was answering all sorts of questions. So I was trying to get information for, t for tonight, but it, it wasn't actually that useful. Uh, I, I just ended up asking him, what's the most unusual question you've been asked? Um, and it was something like, is Henry VIII buried down there? And so I didn't think that was much use. But, they did, but he did explain about the legend was, they, they didn't know for certain whether he was there or not, because the legend was that Richard had been tossed in the river, which, you know, the last time I was tossed in the river. Um, <laughs> yes, well, let's not go there. Um, <laughs> yes, back to you, I think, at that point, yes. Okay, uh, I don't know what to say after that. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, yeah um, that's thrown me, but... Uh, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> um, You're welcome. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, the car park, there was 17% um, of the car park uh, was meant to be the old friary, so there was like any, uh, and of that car park, they only dug about three strips. So there was about a 1% chance, basically, that they would find him if he was buried in the friary, so it was a bit of a, a fluke, I think, that they, or was it? I don't know. But, um, and then Leicester won the league uh, a year after. So just that I yeah, go again. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> with, with King Power. With like King Power. Yeah. Oh. And, and yeah. The fox what what do you what do you tell her that it was a fluke? Would I tell Philippa? Yeah. Oh no, 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 I'd never do that. She's very um very superstitious. Is Philippa? So she thinks that it was. I think she's got a crush on Richard the Third, yeah. which is why she went looking for him. So. Um, so don't insinuate what, what, it just what, kind well, of like, Would you tell her that? But if, <laughs> but oh, yeah, if, I mean, yeah. you're being recorded. Ah, I mean... <laughs> I can we, we can edit it out afterwards. Edit, edit yeah. what, Richard? Um, so, um, <laughs> but if, if there had been a crush on Richard, we wouldn't have found him. This is true. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks and, for telling and, us that, Jack. And crowdfunding. <laughs> so, um, but there's, there's other people as well. There's um, uh, Cardinal Wolsey is buried in, oh. in Leicester, yeah. You're nodding like you might have yeah, found Abbey Park. Abbey Park, yeah, that's yeah. right. So, but there's no plans to look for... I don't know if you're aware of that, Cardinal Wolsey's... Um, no, I'm sorry. Excuse, well, I, I want to learn about Leicester yeah, while I'm here, so... Yeah, sure. So yeah. he is there, apparently. Yeah. So it's not one of these, is he there, isn't he? He is there, but they won't look for him because there's lots of bodies there and they've not got any extant DNA that they could use to test to see if it's actually him or not, which is a shame, but we know he's there, so... Um, which is... Mildly exciting, isn't it really? And uh, Christopher Bra Christopher Wren was his uh, uh, designer. He designed um, uh, one of his palaces. There we go. You can Google that when you get home if you if you remember which one it was. He was also famous for building the, uh, 
designing the hospital he was born in, Christopher Wren. Um, so, very talented chap. In fact, Nostradamus actually predicted the birth of his own. Um, but anyway, I'll hand that back to you. Thank you. Um, I, I took the liberty of taking a few photos while I was looking around the centre yesterday. I, thought, I didn't know if any of this would trigger anything for the panel as well. So the first one, uh, I don't know if you can see that, but it says, before the battle, uh, Richard is said to have stayed near here, uh, near here as well, at the Blue Boar Inn. Now, legend says that it was then called the White Boar, after Richard's personal symbol, but following Bosworth, the landlord hastily renamed it the Blue Boar Inn, uh, which was the badge of the Earl of Oxford who led Henry Tudor's army, so is that, is that triggering anything for anyone? That sounds true, doesn't it? It, it, it sounds true. It's on a plaque, isn't it? It's probably true. It's not Wikipedia. That's the That's what I mean. Thing. That's yeah, why it's probably yeah, true. Yeah. It's, it's, it's printed so everything. No, keep moving. Has anyone, well, does anyone I, drink in the Blue Boar? Shall I tell you, tell you something, Richard? I mean, most yeah, people yeah. here will know anyway, but there is now a, port, a pub called the Blue Boar, yeah. but it's not the oh, Blue Boar. Oh, it's not the... Obviously, because it's a long time ago. I think it's named a Blue Boar rather than the Blue Boar. Yeah. Um, but the, the whole Richard III thing, we were talking about the Ricardians earlier, the people who were pro-Richard III, and they've got, um, they've got a website and everything else. This is genuinely true, okay? Now, stuff about Victoria and Albert earlier, some of it may not have been true, okay? But this, if you're in the Ricardian society, you can get, you can get some knitwear with the logo printed on a pocket. And, well, I don't know if it's actually called this, but it should have been called a Ricardian. Because <laughs> <Hey. laughs> Google it. It's definitely, it's definitely, definitely, they've definitely done that. They've definitely done that. That's super. Have a drink in the blue ball yeah, later. I think we should. Let's all go to the blue ball afterwards. Why not? So the, the second thing that I photographed, uh, it was a, uh, this probably isn't going to promote anything. But anyway, Richard introduced apparently new standards for weights and measures and also required property rights to be recorded, and both were to prevent fraud and protect people. So he did quite a, a lot of good things, it seems, in his short reign. Um, I did think about uh, weights and measures, though, because uh, I, I think what I learned in history was, was it Henry VIII who kind of made weights and measures, so measures like the king's foot. So a foot comes from the length of um, the, the Henry's, was it Henry, Henry his foot? Uh, but if it's going to be Richard III, uh, then presumably there would have been a measure the dick head. Yes, you were ahead of me, some of you. No, is that oh. true? What, about Henry? No, the other bit. The foot. The foot, <laughs> the foot yeah, the foot. I don't, I yeah, don't, I don't know and, what's and, going and, on. And the, and the yard, was it a measure from the elbow to his, the end of his finger, isn't it? Is, is that genuinely? Yeah. It's no I'm not qualified this to be here after all. I'm not really not qualified. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to You're welcome. No, I, was just, I'm, I'm in, I should sit it, out there and nice just be interested in this. I mean, I, cho I chose most of the panel on the basis that it was recorded and you didn't need to see what we looked like. But, I mean, you know, you're bringing a bit of handsomeness to the panel, at least, and, and youth, so that's good, at and, least. And, and nothing else. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> nothing um, else. Okay, we'll move on. What, what I quite liked about this was that the, the, the dig for Richard III was filmed for a documentary for Channel 4. Uh, but, I still haven't seen that. And, and it got a BAFTA. And, but it was called Richard III, the King in the Car Park. The, and the reason, I mean, Richard, Richard was in the car park and for over 500 years, was it? Mm. Waiting for his wife to come back from John Lewis? <laughs> <laughs> He's been there a while, hasn't he? Yeah. And well, the, the other thing as well, I mean, there were lots of things running around on Twitter and Facebook and all that at the time. You know, uh, Richard III, um, champion hide and seek, or <laughs> whatever, from this year to this year. It is now. Um, I actually know uh, one of the guys that was uh, involved in the dig, so uh, he got all sorts of awards out of this, you know. 
that's not particularly funny either, is it? But, you know. but true. Yeah. Are you going to mention? Are you going to mention the place that we shouldn't mention um, regarding Richard the Third? By any chance, just before I just before I jump in, it uh, begins with so. Y. And oh, uh, no, no, go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. yes, York. Um, <coughs> there was uh, so around the time of the the reburial, there was um, there was um, there was a letter in my favourite newspaper, uh, the uh, one of only two, uh, which is uh, which is politically neutral in the UK. That's the Metro. Uh, I've I've actually had an article in there, so yeah. Um, and and it was it was by a certain R G of York or somewhere in Yorkshire, and and it accused it accused Leicester of uh, milking Richard the Third for money, um, just just making money out of the whole thing with with merchandise and stuff like that. Now, uh, His Majesty is be is buried in Leicester Cathedral, which is practically next door. Um, so so. Presumably, uh, had he been reinterred in York, he would have um, he would have been buried in York Minster. The entry fee to York Minster is twenty bloody quid. <laughs> how uh, so? How on earth someone from that part of the world could uh, could say Terrible that <laughs> could say that we uh, that we were spinning money out of Richard III is just bloody obscene. I mean, I mean, admittedly. You went into Leicester Cathedral and there was a donation box every two metres. Fair enough. But, uh, but, no, but uh, uh, officially it was free entry. So, so, so I, I wrote back. Um, uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, I sent a letter in response to this. Uh, a, rather, a rather snooty letter saying, saying what I've just said. And also, also saying, Leicester would not charge people to respect his majesty. And it was never printed. <laughs> Again. We've almost uh, used up the hour. I've got one more photo, which was the thing that actually stood out most in my visit to the centre yesterday. Now, it claims that John Lydon, himself having a type of scoliosis, which the third had, heavily based his Johnny Rotten anti-hero stage persona as lead singer of the 70s punk band the Sex Pistols on Olivier's performance of Richard III. Has anyone ever come across that as a thought process before? I've seen it. I can think of the, pi I, I, think I, of the picture now. I can now. see it now in my head, but I've never considered that that was a thing. Um, apparently, um, uh, oh, it's just a, it's not a joke, it's a fact, but uh, apparently um, Usain Bolt has a scoliosis as well. So, there you go. Gosh. So I'd throw that. Someone's putting the hand. Have you got one? Have you got... But oh, so you're doing the Usain Bolt? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a visual hack. Always works well on the podcast. Is that fairly handy for a dip on the line? I suppose it would be. Yes, very good. Yes, yes, yes. Basically, he's a cheat, isn't he? Really. He's used the. We're calling him out. If he listens to it. The handy's been dead. You, che so. you cheated, Usain. Yeah. You got Scola, it's cheating. Yeah. So, didn't help his football career, did it? No. no. Well, can I just mention something about him? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we're we're, is, we're kind of out of time. This is the Georgian bit of yeah. Wilson's house. Yeah, and it's actually medieval, so this would have been built in 1480. I think, wasn't here, but five years before the Battle of Bosworth, so Richard III may well have popped in and well, seen Roger Wigston. I think in the spirit of the, the evening, he probably did. Crossed the way there, crossed yeah. Jubilee Square. I think he sat yeah. there. 
Yeah. And, and Philip has now hairs on the back of her neck because of what's happening, yes. And they, they used to, it was a wool merchant, they used to urinate on the clothes back then, which is actually something I've seen happen in Primark. <laughs> <laughs> and in the factory at Sports Direct, if um, But they meant to do that back then. So I just wanted to throw it, and it's haunted. But have we got time to do ghosts or...? Well, I don't know. We're nearly, we're nearly Does anyone need to rush off? Or we, we, two minutes? Are we, we're we're kind of up, up for the hour. Yeah, yeah. There's a little boy yeah. that runs around. Um, and also a black cat has been seen, but I think it was just a cat that got him. Someone did remark that I'd make a, a good ghost, so I'd quite like to haunt here. Because um, I do look like it could be from the 17th century. Um, <laughs> although I do always wear Nike shocks, so it could really confuse people. Um, that's all I've got on ghosts. We've come to the end of the hour. I don't want to over, overstay the welcome. Uh, so it just remains for me to say, uh, please uh, say thanks again to the guests. So we had Kevin Hudson. We had Adam Fisher. We had the place your Jack Topher. And we had Ben Ellis without the tea. Thank you very much. But I'd like to also thank Wigston's House for hosting us. And this is, it's a marvellous venue to have a history show and to the Leicester Comedy Festival. Just briefly, for, more for the benefit of the podcast, there are now further shows booked in at three festivals. The Glasgow Comedy Festival on the 26th of March at the Iron Horse, the Brighton Fringe Festival on the 4th and 5th of May at Sweet Works, and the Guildford Fringe Festival on the 24th of July at the Star Inn. Uh, thank you very much. That was It Just So Happened, an alternative history show. I've been Richard Ponsford. Good evening. Enjoy the rest of the festival.